He's definitely here. It's always interesting how God works. Amen. I know there are people that weren't here this morning, but there are some maybe that were this morning. Maybe God wants us to get something, but I know that God's been speaking to this in my heart for several days. So here we go. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. Lamentations chapter 3. And I'm just waiting, giving everybody a chance to get in their Bibles. Hallelujah. You know who you are. You're my gauge. Amen, amen. Aren't you glad to be in God's house? All right. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger now in Jesus' name. Uh, give me the strength to deliver your message, God, as you would have me to deliver it. Uh, I pray that you'd hide me under the shadow of your cross, uh, and I pray that your word would go forth to its intended target, God, uh, and would seat down in our hearts tonight, God, and we would not just be hearers of the word, uh, but we'd be doers of the word. Uh, I pray in Jesus' name we give you praise and glory and honor for all that you will do. We'll be quick to give you the glory, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated for just a little while tonight. I know it's been a long, little bit longer of a service, but for a little while tonight, I want to preach on this topic. What a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. Now, I hope you all had an amazing Christmas this past Sunday. I hope you had a great time. Our family had an amazing time together. We had a great family day. Anybody have a great family day on Christmas? We had a great family day, and then I went home and I felt absolutely horrible. I developed a fever, some other flu symptoms. I thought I had what everybody else had, but everything was going around. And by Tuesday afternoon, I, I finally felt like I was on the mend, that things were getting better. Had no fever. But on Wednesday morning, I woke up with a rash over my entire body. And my face was swollen. I had a temperature of 104 degrees, the highest that I'd had yet. And I knew something wasn't quite right. I looked a little horrible. Brother Pat can help me out and show you how horrible it was. There you go. Amen. And that's the picture I texted my mom. My wife called my doctor. I was advised to come in for a visit. And after some examination and some testing, they determined that everything that I had experienced was not the flu at all, but it was an allergic, allergic reaction to a medication. And so, after some adjustments were made, the very next morning, here's what I looked like. And I texted this picture to my mother, and I started off my update with this. What a difference a day makes. And this experience made me think about what a difference a day can make in a lot of things that happen in our lives. If we'll just take the right remedy. In the spiritual today, I believe that somebody needs to make a choice. You can stay where you are and continue to be tormented by the devil and things will continue to get worse. Or you can choose to take the remedy that God has in his word and things will get better. They will get better in Jesus name. What a difference 
a day makes. That's what we're talking about. There are many examples in history that stand uh, and show us the difference that a day makes. You can pick out many. December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor. Right? One day you're at peace. The next day you're at war. What a difference a day makes. September 11th, 2001. You know the World Trade Centers that they were. Showing the world who we were financially. One day we're secure. The next day, it seems that we're in shambles. What a difference a day makes. January 28th, 1986. The Challenger disaster. One day a nation's boasting of all of its accomplishments. And the next day it's mourning in its frailty. What a difference. I could go on and on and on about what a difference a day makes. And we've seen that all throughout history. In life, it may seem like that one day you are just seemingly in this endless journey and going on. And then the next day, boom, you've arrived. Sometimes it just seems like this is, it's this seamless, endless journey. But there is an arrival point. There is a destination. In the Bible, the nation of Israel knew what this was all about. They spent 40 years of journeying from Egypt to the promised land because of their unbelief and their disobedience. You know, you could fix a whole lot of things by just saying, God, I trust you. You could fix a whole lot of things by saying, God, you know what? I'm going to be obedient to your word. Well, it's still the truth. Then one day the Israelites were standing on the bank of the river they were looking longingly into the promised land, and then the next day, they were there. But what, if, what should have taken just days took 40 years for them to accomplish. I remember a sermon that the late prophet Eli Hernandez preached, and he said, 40 days or 40 years, you decide. I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying that to somebody in this house tonight. Uh, 40 days, uh, or if you don't have 40 years, but 40 days uh, or 40 years, uh, you decide. It's your choice uh, what you're going to do. Amen. The outcome didn't depend on a miracle from God, but the outcome from the, for the Israelites uh, depended upon their decision. And tonight I believe so strongly in the Holy Ghost, uh, the outcome for somebody is not dependent uh, upon some miraculous thing that you're waiting for God to do. No, no, no. You've got the wrong mentality right now. God's saying, get your heart right. God's saying, you make the right decision. You make the right choice. And when you do that, all these other things are going to fall into place. Amen. I feel like that same thing that happened to the Israelites is happening all over again to us tonight. God is ready to bring you into your promise. But he's waiting for you to make that right decision. Oh, if you'll just do it, what a difference this day will make in your life. I feel the Holy Ghost. If we take a look at the Israelite story, we see that the reports that were brought back by the 12 spies that were sent to scout out the land of promise they made a huge difference on the next 40 years of the Israelites. Caleb and Joshua, you know about Caleb and Joshua. They were two men of 12 who said that God would empower the children of Israel to take the land of Jericho. And you know, the other 10 spies said that the, wall, the walls were too high and too large and the, the giants were too big. It was an impossible task, so it seemed. Israel had left the land 
of Egyptian captivity. And after being captured for a little over 400 years, they came to a place called Kadesh Barnea. And that name Kadesh means holiness. You're with me? Holiness in its real sense means separation unto God. And it was at Kadesh that Israel was given the opportunity to totally separate themselves from Egypt. But when they got to that place of separation, their faith and their patience was tested. Oh, come on. We're put in that same place sometimes. Your faith is going to be tested and your patience is going to be tested. But I found in my own personal life uh, that when I start stretching myself into another level of the Lord, uh, when I start pushing myself uh, for other things of God and I'm outside of my comfort zone, that's when my faith uh, and my patience uh, begins to get tested. There will be times when you get direction from God. And you know that you know that you know that it's from God. But then it seems that all of hell is coming against you. Everything is coming against you. It may seem as if you're swimming against the tide of the majority who do not want you to press into that new territory that God has for you. Are you with me? Especially in those moments, which I feel in the Holy Ghost somebody's in right now. It's vital that you press. You're in a fight. It's vital that you press. Your promise and your victory is just ahead. It's vital that you press. And if you'll just keep pressing, there is victory just straight ahead. Kadesh Barnea was supposed to have been a place of conquest. But instead it became a place of hesitation. The Israelites hesitated at the edge of greatness. Oh, what a different story it would have been if the Israelites had made a different decision that day. What a difference that day would have made in the lives of an entire nation. The Bible is full of people who hesitated at the, at the edge of greatness. We talked about some tonight in our, our lesson. Lot's wife. She looked back. She was changed because she looked back into a pillar of salt. Demas, he hesitated too long with a lasting look at this present world. Agrippa, almost persuaded and allowed his soul to slip out of that state of conviction. The rich young ruler, he stopped short of greatness because he failed the greatest commandment. Balaam was a man who grew confident even in his his backslidden state. You see, when it comes to spiritual things, when we hesitate, it causes us to go backwards in our walk with God. When we hesitate to respond to the calling of the Lord, you start to slip back and we find ourselves losing ground that we've already conquered. It's quiet in here tonight. 
But I know God's speaking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying tonight in Jesus' name. Please hear what I'm saying. We cannot afford, amen, for our spiritual walk to become stagnant. It must be flowing. The Holy Ghost was never meant to be stagnant in your life. The Holy Ghost was meant to be a flow in your life. It was always designed to flow. That's why the Word of God says in the words of Jesus in John chapter 7 and verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. And verse 39 says he spoke this of the Spirit. Speaking about the Spirit. It was never meant to be stagnant. But that's the devil's trick to try to get us to be stagnant in our spirit, to be stagnant in our Holy Ghost experience. Amen. Well, when the 12 spies went to the land of Canaan, they were in awe of the fruit that grew in great abundance. They were in awe of the clusters of grapes and all the pomegranates and the figs. With their own eyes, they saw how the land could be a great home for them and their families. But nevertheless, in spite of all of that, after viewing their promised land, they said in Numbers chapter 13, verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak, who were giants there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast. And Caleb stirred, stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we are in our own sights. We are in our own sights as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. <laughs> That's not how God was viewing things, but in their own sight. You see, when we get outside of the will of God for our lives, there begins to be a change of our vision. Our vision is affected and we start looking at things the wrong way. We turn molehills into mountains. Our personal prayer rooms become silent. Oh, I know why it's quiet. Our souls become weak. And our God-given dreams, they begin to die at the root. And this is exactly what happened to the majority of the children of Israel in this story. We read in Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 4, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Their focus was messed up. They couldn't see what the ones who were following God wholeheartedly could see. 
Their focus was messed up. But we read in that same story in verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Oh, rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, but they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not, but all the congregation. They didn't listen. They bade stones, picked up stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the children of Israel. They didn't want to hear what the men of God had to say. They didn't want to hear what that faith-filled voice had to say. This story tells me that, that it makes it very clear that choices matter. What we choose makes a difference. Who we spend our time with and whom we share our thoughts with and our dreams with, it makes a difference. It's of utmost importance in our lives. Am I making sense tonight to anybody? I felt so strongly as I was preparing this message tonight that throughout this last several days that uh, somebody today was supposed, to was supposed to have a great victory. That God designed that there would be a great victory for somebody. That this would be a turning moment for you today. In this house of the Lord, there would be a turning moment in your life. I felt strongly in the Holy Ghost that today was supposed to be a day that there was a specific difference in your life. But it all comes down to choice. I can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You've got to make the decision for yourself. I know I'm not preaching to every individual, but I know the Holy Ghost is reaching out to several people and saying, come on, make the right choice. It's going to make a difference. This is the day. But you have to make the choice. I'm not going to be a long time tonight. But there are three things specifically that God spoke to me about as I was preparing this message that particularly that somebody was going to have to deal with for this to be a difference in your life. For it to be a day that makes a difference. And the first thing that God spoke into my heart was bitterness. You've got to get it out. You've got to push it out of your life. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and therefore many, or thereby many be defiled. The nature of Satan is offense. His very nature is offense. That's why he perpetually attacks you with offense. We live in an offended culture. Look around you. It ain't very hard. It ain't hard to offend anybody. We live in a very offended culture, and that culture is trying to push its way in the church. And what you've been facing, to hear me in the Holy Ghost, is the attack of the enemy from outside the church trying to get in your mind and cause offense against leadership, against brothers and sisters. And you've got to take what's outside and keep it outside and let that offense be gone now in the name of Jesus. Someone
Someone may have mishandled you. Someone may have hurt you. Someone may have said something to you or did something to you that was not the right thing. Someone may have mistreated you or abused you or neglected you or, or shamed you or disregarded you in some way. Somebody may have misspoke against you or pushed you aside or exploited you or ignored you in some way. All those things may have happened in your life. But it don't make it right for you to stay offended. All of those things have the ability to get in your root system, in your spiritual root system, and defile you. You better hear what I'm saying because God's giving somebody a warning right now in Jesus' name. Offense, if not dealt with, in time will make the whole root system bitter or poisoned. You better think about your family. Bitterness is not just going to affect you individually, but as you... Oh, here, I don't even have some of this in my notes, but you know the story of Judas. You know the story of Simon. How Jesus came into Simon's house and he was ministered to by that lady of ill repute who began to pour out the, the, the oil upon his feet. The perfume upon his feet. And Simon got angry. And here we look. What was it six days before the crucifixion? And here is a disciple sitting there. And here he is. The same thing happens. And the Bible says it was Judas, Simon's son. You better be careful. That root of bitterness is not just going to affect you, but it's going to affect your family. You've got to deal with it in Jesus' name. It's going to poison the whole root system. According to Scripture, for God's people, those that delight in his law, Psalms 1 and 3 says, And he shall be a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Bitterness works against God's plan for your life. Bitterness unchecked moves into the trunk and then into the branches. And left untreated, it reaches out to the tips and to the limbs, and it makes you fruitless. And then everybody around you becomes affected. And those who should be eating the fruit that you're producing by a productive life become defiled by the fruit that you're producing along with you by your defective root. You cannot hear me, somebody, right now. You cannot afford to just keep saying, I'm working on it. You can't do it. Bitterness, bitterness works too quickly. You can't do it. Guard your roots. Guard your roots. Guard your roots. Out of those roots flows the issues of life. Hallelujah. The second thing that God spoke into my spirit that I felt that somebody would have to deal with at the beginning of this year to be victorious in a greater way for your victory is unforgiveness. I know we heard some of this this morning, but I already had it going on too. So you get it twice. I guess God wanted you to have a double dose if you were here this morning. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. It says that when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Right. 
It's that simple. There are several things we see in this passage. But one thing I see to this passage of Scripture is that forgiveness hinders my prayers. And if unforgiveness keeps us from communicating correctly with God, we cannot afford to allow that to continue in our lives. We've got to let it go. Whatever it is, you've got to let it go. Because when you harbor resentment, offense, bitterness, or anger toward another person, it begins to block your prayers. And the Word of God says, forgive so that you may be forgiven. And to to realize the power of forgiveness in our lives, there has to be forgiveness for anybody, for everybody. Not just a select few, but it's got to be open to everyone. It leaves nobody out. You can't have art in your heart for anybody. We can't say, oh, I love this group over here, so oh, they're, they're being kind to me, so I forgive them. But well, God knows. He knows these people. He knows what they're like. And he'll understand. No, no, no. God does not understand. He said, forgive them. Forgive them. It may be that your resentment is justified. It may be so. That person may have done something evil or terrible to you. You may have every right. You may even have legal rights. I don't know. To have a grudge or hate somebody. But if you want to experience the power of forgiveness in your life. you got to hear me right now. If you want to experience the power of forgiveness in your life. It's absolutely imperative tonight that you forgive. Right after Jesus' conversation with Peter about forgiving 70 times 7, Jesus shares another parable in Matthew chapter 18, verse 24, starting there. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me. Here he is in the same thing, same situation. It's going to turn right back on you. Have patience with me. And I will pay thee all. And he would not. But went and cast him into prison. Till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done. They were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord after all that he had. After that he had called him and said unto him. O thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all that debt. Because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father 
do also unto you, if, you forgive, if, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother or sister their trespasses. Unforgiveness, no matter who it's towards, will bring torment into your life. It just won't leave you alone. It's going to gnaw at you. I know there's somebody in this house right now. It's gnawing at you day and night. And you just want to be released from it. And God wants you to be released from it. But you've got to be willing to forgive, to receive the forgiveness of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 to 21 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. That's pretty strong words. If a man saith, oh, you don't get out, sisters. I love God and hateth my sister. That person's a liar. For he, he that loveth not his brother or his sister, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Well, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother, and I'm going to say sister, also. It's a commandment. You don't have a choice. If you want to be called a child of God, you don't have a choice. You've got to forgive. It's not my words. It's the word of God. And it's time to let the one who is perfect love cast out every fear of the past that brings you torment. I believe in the Holy Ghost. God wants to do something for somebody in this place tonight. And I believe for somebody your victory will come through forgiveness. You better hear what I'm saying. You're, that heaviness has been riding on your shoulder, and you just try to shake it off and say, oh, yeah, I'm okay. No, your victory is not going to come until you forgive. First Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. I'm going to read it from the NET. says, for what credit is it if you sin and are mistreated and endure it? But if you do good and suffer and so endure, this finds favor with God. You want favor with God? There's your recipe. For to this you were called, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his footsteps. <laughs> God set the example, he forgave. He was the greatest example. Why he's on the cross suffering in anguish for you and for I. He showed us what forgiveness looks like. Luke 23 and 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was more concerned about the people around him than he was about himself. That's the spirit of Jesus. That's what the Holy Ghost should be doing in your life. You shouldn't be worried about your face. Don't be worried about the egg on your face. But just say, Jesus, forgive them. Maybe they don't even know what they're doing. Maybe it's all in your mind. Whatever it is, just forgive them. 
No, I'm not going to sing Let It Go right now. <laughs> Forgive them. The third thing that God spoke into my spirit, into my heart, that somebody would have to lay down for their spirit, spiritual victory, and this, I won't spend a lot of time on this at all, simply pride. That's what's keeping somebody in this house right now from just saying, okay, pride. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. But you know what can fix a haughty spirit? Praying through. It's a great fix for a haughty spirit. Just pray through it. You can pray. And pray. Prayer will take the pride out of your life. Oh, you don't believe it. You should come try it. I dare you to interrupt my message right now in Jesus' name and try it. Prayer will take the pride out of you. But if you don't deal with it, and you don't humble yourself, your pride will take you out. And it's going to have more of an effect than just upon you. It's going to affect those that you care about the most. Well, in Matthew chapter 25, we read the parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins. I'm going to read some of the verses. You can read with me on the wall. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps. They took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards, you better listen, came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. No, no, the door was shut. Open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I can guarantee you one thing tonight. Bitterness, unforgiveness, pride, and whatever other sin you want to name, it's going to drain that Holy Ghost out of your vessel. It's going to drain that Holy Ghost out of your lamp. And we don't know if we have seconds, days, years. We don't know what's left. But we do know is it's getting closer every minute. The signs of the times are all about us. They're all around us right now. And we cannot afford to not live. Rapture ready. Living with bitterness is living unrapture ready. Living with unforgiveness is living unrapture ready. Living with pride is living unrapture ready.
We got to get it right today. We got to get it right tonight. We got to. We need to live as if we knew the trumpet of God was going to blow in 60 seconds. Think about that. How would you live differently? What would you do differently in your life right now if you knew? What would you do? It's going to take you by surprise just like that. Come on. You know it's going to happen. It's in the word of God. The trump of God is going to sound. How would you live differently if you knew you had 60 seconds until the trumpet blew? Come on, in the name of Jesus. It's the will of God that you walk out of this billion night saying, what a difference a day makes. Oh, this day is so much different than yesterday. I feel the joy of the Lord. This day is so much different than yesterday. I feel the peace of God. This day is so much different than yesterday. I feel all this stuff gone and so clean in the Holy Ghost. What a difference a day makes. And if you listen closely, you can hear the footsteps of the Messiah walking through the clouds of heaven on the pages of God's prophecy. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 and 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. There will be a shout. Because he is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. There will be a shout. The trump of God signifies his royalty. King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. He is the prince of peace. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I'm thankful. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. Is anybody thankful for that promise? I'm coming to a close. But if you intend to live 2023 with a greater purpose, I'm not going to hesitate. I don't want you to hesitate. We preached about what hesitation does. I want you to not hesitate right now. I'm not, you're not saying you're a sinner by doing this right this moment. But if you intend to live 2023 with a greater purpose from God, I want you to get out of your seat right now and make your way down to this altar and say, God, I'm consecrating myself to you totally. I'm giving myself to you wholly all over again. God, here I am. And if you have aught in your heart against a brother or sister, I urge you in the Holy Ghost to get up out of your seat and clean that mess up tonight. Whether you think it's you or not, even if you don't believe it's you, clear it out. Clear it out because it's going to take you out if you don't clear it out. So in the name of Jesus. In our text we said, this I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I wasn't going to do this, but I just felt this in the Holy Ghost. 
There's several people in this place right now that the Lord's been speaking to. And you don't need to worry about what anybody says, what anybody thinks, what everybody, anybody's looking at you, whether they're not. But I feel in the Holy Ghost that somebody needs to lay yourself, your gift aside right now at the altar. And go find somebody, maybe, that maybe there's been a little bit of struggle there. And say, you know what? Uh, we're going to work together. I love you. You love me. Uh, we're children of God. And this 2023 is going to be a great year. We're together going to see God do great things. Uh, we're going to pray together. And we're going to see our family saved. Uh, we're going to see prodigals come home. Uh, we're going to see people who have never walked these doors. Make agreement with them. Uh, and do it through forgiveness. And let your healing take place. I hear the words of Isaiah rolling through my mind. Remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Let them go. Let them be bygones. Because God is telling somebody in this place tonight. Uh, he's speaking to this whole church tonight saying, Behold, uh, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Uh, and shall you not know it? Uh, I will even make a way in the wilderness uh, and rivers uh, in the desert. But you've got to let go of the old to grab a hold of the new. So somebody right now, I challenge you in the name of Jesus, let go of the old. Let go of the old thoughts in Jesus' name and grab on to new. Would you lift your hands right now? The power of the Holy Ghost is here. Lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus. There's a sweeping of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. And you can ignore it uh, or you can let it come over you and renew you and refill you and revive you. But you've got to obey God to get what God wants to give you right now. So after you've done what God's commanded you to do and God's put that person in your mind, then come back to, your, to the altar. Lift your hands in the air. Lift your voice to God and begin to praise God right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, let the Holy Ghost fall down upon every, every hungry heart, God, and every obedient heart right now. In the name of Jesus, uh, let the Holy Ghost sweep uh, from the left uh, to the right. Uh, let it sweep across this auditorium now in the name of Jesus. Be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Uh, be strengthened in the Holy Ghost. Uh, be empowered in the Holy Ghost. Uh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. Come on. Lift your hands and your voice. God is doing something in your heart right now. You've not gone too far. You've not passed the place of no return. God is saying 2023 can be a powerful year. God is saying, just give it to me. Trust me. Believe me. I've got it all in the palm of my hand. I'm guiding you. I'm leading you. I'm directing you. I've got your thoughts. I've got your future. Just give it to me. I'll take care of it. If you've repented, I don't care where you're at in the building right now. I want you to lift your hands toward heaven. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. We're not going out of here unvictorious. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven in the name of... Come on, lift your head, Sister Catherine. Lift your head and your hands in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lift your head, lift your hands. You're going out of here victorious in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We lift up our voices to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
there's a refreshing presence of God. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. God wants to do a new thing this year in you. God wants to do fresh things this year in you. Don't let it pass you by. This is your moment. Seize the day. What a difference a day makes if you'll allow it to take place in your life tonight. Oh!